everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Your weekly episodes of us talking about movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Just reformatting this doc a little bit. I don't know how that happened. Um, and yeah, this is the Media Boat Podcast. We're here to give you news, thoughts, etc. about things that are happening in music, video games, television, and movies. Not necessarily in that order. Actually, almost in that order. I was very, very yeah. close. Um, but thank you for joining us. This is January the 16th, 2024. This is episode 418. And uh, without further ado, let's get rolling because there's some yeah. stuff to talk about this week. We got to talk about the Emmys from last night. But that is true. Before we get there, we're going to start with the music section. Start the music section with the billboard. Start the billboard with the Hot 100. And oh. the hottest song in the land is... Ooh, we loving on me by Jack Harlow. <laughs> Coming in at two, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. At three, Greedy by Tate McRae. Coming in at four, I remember everything by Zach Bryan, featuring, but really Casey Musgraves. And rounding out your top five, Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Yep. As for your albums chart, you'll be aboard 200. At number one, and back at number one, One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. <laughs> Nobody listened to us to put new music <laughs> on the billboard. Uh, coming in at two, for All the Dogs by Drake. At three is 1989, Taylor's version. By Taylor Swift. At four, Pink Friday. Two, by Nicki Minaj. And rounding out your top five, Six Season by Noah Khan. Yeah, coming into the top five, I think for the first time this week. Wait, sorry. That is Stick Season, not Six Correct. Season. Yes. yes, no, they're very different. There's a T in there. There's a T in there. <laughs> All right. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases starting with saviors by green day note this is saviors with an s and not savior the song by green day yeah very by, uh, sorry no that's by um not by green day is that green day <laughs> what are you thinking of no i think of savior by rise against oh rise this against. is saviors with an s by green day and very different turns out Yes. Uh, also, we have Melt the Honey by Pax. That is CKS, not X. Yes. Uh, Little Rope by Slayer Kinney. And lastly, How Lost by The Fawns. Hey. hey. <laughs> not really. Not really. But <laughs> not really. No. No, the Fawns. As you listen to Slayer Kinney. Yes. You know what? I don't know. Um, the last couple of records have been a little disappointing for me ever since their drummer left. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out, but I have uh, lowered my expectations these days. I might check out that Green Day album. See what they've been Go up for to. It. 
little Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> well, let's get to the music section. And there was so much music news, we got it all rolled up to in the bits. Yes, some quick bits for you. Yes. Um, starting with the award show. Not that award show, we'll get to it. <laughs> this one is the Grammys, yes. where we have confirmed Billie Eilish, Dua Lipa, and Olivia Rodrigo will be performing at said Grammys this year. Uh, we've already heard new music from Dua Lipa in Houdini. Uh, we know Billie Eilish is working on a new album. This is probably the first part of that. Maybe. And then Olivia Rodrigo with, I assume, Guts and probably the third, fourth single. Yeah. You want to release yeah. from there? I think it's about time for, for another one. That makes some sense for the timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, those are confirmed. Um, also, wouldn't be surprised if Ariana Grande showed up or Lil Nas X showed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll get to both of them in a yeah. minute here. That would make sense as well. Yeah. Um, in other music news, um, I don't know if I want to save this one, though. Let's go to Selena <laughs> Gomez. I put that down there. I put it down there for me as well. Okay, fine. Because uh, he got everything. Elton John got everything. Right. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, we have uh, Selena Gomez being attached to star as Linda Ronstadt in the upcoming biopic. Linda Ronstadt. Stand. Uh, st- the D is silent. <laughs> there's, there's also an end in there that I throw in there. <laughs> Somewhere. Ronstadt. Uh, yeah. This is uh, also uh, David O. Russell wah, wah, is attached to wah, direct this. Wah. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, a lot of people are concerned uh, for the right reasons. I don't know. Uh, Selena is really leaning into her acting career. And if this is maybe a step towards something uh, more meaty uh, for her, uh, why not go for it? Just, yeah, we'll see how this project goes. But it doesn't seem to have a promising start. There is a specific set of people where people like David O. Russell's work and people who want to see <laughs> Selena Gomez's feet cross over. And this film is definitely for them. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't like where that's going at all. But you know it's going to show up at some point, right? Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> instead of being blinded by Selena Gomez, The weekend, Blinding the Lights. Yes. Because it's the first song to pass 4 billion streams on Spotify. That is 4 with a B, B. behind it. I mean, yeah. I am probably contributing to at least <laughs> 0.1 billion of those streams. <laughs> a portion. A good portion of them. A good portion over there. Uh, but yeah, congratulations on to the weekend. Now I hear you're not going to make music anymore, so. <laughs> going out on top, I guess, Go. is what he says. <laughs> Riding off into the sunset. Something like that, yeah. You know, you know. Distracts us from the idol. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, let's see. Hopefully. Uh, let's see here. We also have Pentagon news. Pentagon update. Yeah. Um, they've issued. They've issued a statement, I don't know why, uh, saying that <laughs> Taylor Swift is not a government spy or psyop. Psyop. Uh, so the 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 uh, 
context for this is that there was a uh, Fox News correspondent uh, that on their show said that there was a theory out there that a conspiracy theory out there that Taylor Swift was some sort of government psyop to distract us from something. Um, and yeah, the the Pentagon itself had to intervene and basically release a statement. You should look up the statement, by the way, uh, because this is a bit, <laughs> I didn't copy it in here. But they basically use a series of Taylor Swift's jokes yeah. to deny the accusation. So do, <laughs> treat that news with however you want. <laughs> it's either like doubly confirming it or just completely denying it. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Uh, it's weird. Uh, like what was it like? I think the mayor of Phoenix did kind of something similar when <laughs> she uh, performed uh, at the Ares tour. That she gave a blanket excuse to everyone who would be late for class the next day using Taylor Swift quotes. Yeah, it seems Might to be, be more and more common wrong, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Which TV show is going to be the first one to use all Taylor Swift quotes? <laughs> if it hasn't already happened, if I mean, it hasn't already did happened, we already yes. see like not one but two different reality shows did Taylor Swift nights last year, uh, mm -hmm. Dancing with the Stars and The Voice. So yeah, it's it's probably still going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyways, and lastly, in crossover news, a twenty four. Yes, that A24. Uh, they're putting together a Stop Making Sense tribute album. Yeah, you'll recall from a, a couple of months ago, I talked about how we saw the remastered version of the acclaimed Talking Heads concert film, Stop Making Sense. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, A24, who is distributing the film, is going to put together a tribute album where a bunch of other artists are going to cover the songs featured in Stop Making Sense. We've already heard a clip of one. It just so happens we talked about them this last week. Paramore is involved in the product project, and they are doing a cover of "Burning Down the House," which I think is a pretty inspired uh, 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 match there. So yeah, uh, no word on whether when this will launch, will release, and when we'll get uh, full versions of these songs. But uh, hopefully soon. I'm looking forward to seeing who they got for this thing. I mean, A24 knows how to pull some big names. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. See them do it. All right. And speaking of stuff we'll see in terms of albums, we have some thoughts. Yeah. And not just albums, but a couple of songs for the new year, too. Yeah, let's start with those singles because it's probably more likely for you to have heard those. Did you hear either of these? I watched the music video for both of these. Yes. Same. So let's start with the one we've kind of been talking about here on the podcast a lot uh, the new Ariana Grande single. Yes. Uh, and... she... Yeah, exactly. Uh, so she's going to have a pretty big 2024. Uh, she plans on releasing an album around this single. And also she'll be starring in part one of Wicked uh, later in the year. At the end of the um, year. So uh, uh, what are your first uh, thoughts about uh, Yes And? Um, I like the beat, I but I don't know if I like the lyrics. That seems to be the division about this song. A lot of people are pointing out that it's kind of dismissive of the complicated nature of her recent relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's the point. If you ask Ariana, she's always made music like this about just basically like, no one can tell me what to do. I'm going to live my life and basically shut up haters. And this is basically the song 
does the, just the same stuff. It just it continues that narrative for her. She doesn't care. She doesn't care what you think, Internet. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. As for the song, though, it's interesting that she's kind of pivoting towards a more dance uh, mode, similar to what we've seen recently with Dua Lipa and mm-hmm. Beyonce and even Drake uh, getting in, into these kind of dance themed records. Now, we don't know if the whole record is going to be like this, but at least the single is. And it does make me imagine a more uh, dance-oriented sound for Ariana. It does feel like a meld of all of those, and then you have the bridge, which drops everything, goes quiet, a la Billie Eilish. Yeah. Also very popular. It's also very Madonna. It reminds me of Vogue. Uh, a lot. It's got a Vogue style to it, including the long intro and that breathy bridge. So she's very much delving into the 80s here, uh, which is interesting uh, for her. She's kind of remained in that R&B zone since she started, and so this is a little bit of a departure, and I'm interested to see what else she she has. I mean, it shouldn't be too long before we get a, a full album. Yeah, uh, she said it's coming out later this year. Uh no name for that record so far. Uh, so who knows? We'll see soon. We shall see. But on the flip side of that, Lil Nas X came out with a new song for the year. Um, very religious imagery. And <laughs> I guess that is to be expected when you come out with a song titled J. Christ. Yeah, it's very much in the Lil Nas X mode that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Songs basically bragging about how where he's gotten into his career and his status and what people are waiting for. This one specifically seems to delve into the like fans asking him about what's next. What are you going to do now? Are you going to wow us again? His answer is yes, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Um, created a little bit of a firestorm on the internet this week because of course it did. A lot of people complaining about the religious in- imagery. Uh, I think he did eventually issue a sort of half apology uh, for some of it, but then restated that he is Christian and he does is, is strong in his faith. And he says there's a history of people using the iconic the iconography of Christianity for their art. And he says this is just following in the footsteps of that. Again, it makes you think of Madonna, who made practically a career in the 80s of using uh including her name, that kind of iconography in her art. So, I don't right, see But I also thought we were already past this with Lil Nas X, because yes. didn't he come out with Montero, where he was literally tonguing with the devil? Like the devil. This time, though, that's the thing, is though you'll notice the difference, that how people react when you have mm-hmm. imagery involving the devil and imagery involving Jesus Christ. It's a little bit of a different vibe. As for the song, how, where did you land on it? Uh... I think I came around on it by the end, uh, but I think I was also very thrown off because, like I said, I was watching the music video. Just yeah. very thrown off by everything being thrown at me at the same time. That's a lot. Um, the thing that struck me the most is I immediately thought of Kendrick Lamar's Humble. It's got the same <laughs> da, 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 kind of yes. uh, um, uh, thing, ha- the beat happening there. And I'm like, was, that was distra- that was the part that distracted me. I was just like, all right, this sounds like two other songs. And I'm a little distracted. It sounds like that. And it sounds like that Cardi B. Uh, is that Bodak Yellow? I forget. Anyway, um, so I, it sounded a little bit derivative for me, but that's not too surprising. Um, 
systems. But yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what else he's got because uh, this is very much for me more of the same. Kind of so the flip side of the Ariana song is just like she it's not he's not doing much anything different really this time. But uh Yeah, it feels like it's Wolves in line, like I said, with Montero. Yeah. I feel like this is like a really like a sequel to that song. But it's catchy. I'll give them that. It does have a catchy chorus. Yep. All right. But that's not it. That's not all we listened to, though. Yeah. Well, because that's all I had listened to. (laughs) Because you listened to a couple albums, I think. Three of them. I'll be brief on these because I know we have time hard out today. Uh, First up, Kaliuchis. I'm going to try to pronounce this. I know. (laughs) Gesundheit. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce the, the album name here. Orchidias? Orchidias? Orchidias. Orchidias. So, I was completely new to uh, Kaliuchis. I didn't know what to expect from this. Uh, But, hey, uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, Variety of different... different sounds here there's some ballads there's some uh some dancey songs there's some bolero there's some once you, you it re- really is a really good vibe throughout and uh her voice is amazing <laughs> i don't know where she came from but i'm really digging it um uh, and yeah it's a good time uh one of the earlier uh earlier strong albums of the year i think already coming out of the gate really strong um if you like that kind of Latin flavor, if you like that kind of thing, if you're already familiar with Caliuchis, it seems like a no-brainer. Uh, definitely a really interesting, uh, reflective album. Uh, I recommend that one. Less recommends here, the other two, uh, 21 Savage's new record, American Dream, pretty much in the line of stuff he's already done. Um didn't really love the guest verses in these songs. I don't love how he jumps between the vibe of like, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to make love to you. Uh, it's very, there's either the dirty sex songs or there's the, or there's the uh, thinking about his time on the street songs. And it's a little bit of uh back and forth. Uh, what do you call it? Um, I'm very tired. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> whiplash. That's the word I'm thinking of. Whiplash. It's been a week, let me tell you. Um, and then uh, I also listened to uh, Kid Cudi's new record. He came out of nowhere. And we would have been waiting for, like, what, five years uh, since he did that uh, album, that collaborative with album with Kanye. Kanye, the ghost kids. Yeah. Uh, kids see ghosts. Ghost. So this is Insano. I know he's been uh, hyping this up for a handful of years now. I don't know if it delivers, I'll be honest. Um, I'm not necessarily Kid Cudi's main audience, I will say that. But I think what's here is kind of disappointing. Especially, I came right off of the 21 Savage rep- record going into that. He's trying something a little different. Obviously, I know that. But as rap songs, I think they hit a little softer. They're not as strong. The beats don't go as strongly. Again, the guest spots here are spotty in the same way. Um and Kid Cudi remains kind of an inquired taste. You either like his style of lyric delivery or you don't. And so I think that if you come in as a Kid Cudi fan, there's probably some stuff to be gleaned here. But uh, I didn't find really much to like. Where do I feel like other artists have used the same kind of album name in Sano? I don't know. It did sound familiar when I read it. And I thought, I assumed that was because of Kid Cudi being like, Talking about it before. 
but I could be wrong. Maybe. It just sounds like when I saw you had like American Dream from Savage with Insane on here, I was like, are these older albums? Are you going backwards? That was my thought too. And I'm like, maybe it's just because he talked about, like announced this years ago. That's my only guess. I don't know. But these are new releases for this this week, believe it or not. Weird. Yeah, I know. We're going back in time here. But yeah, so... Those all exist, so I think that, yeah, out of the three, my recommend is the Kaliuchi's record. Maybe don't bother with the other two. All right, I will not, because I got Green Day coming up. Yeah, so we'll see uh, how that Green Day record works out next week. We shall see next week. But let's get on as we go into video games, and we start with new releases. Yep. Actual new releases with another code, colon, Recollection. For the yes. Nintendo Switch. The Cub for PC, PS5, PS4, and the Switch. Not to be confused with The Club, which is a driving game and un- and un- not linked yes. to this. Yeah. No. <laughs> this, one, this one does not have an L. The other one <laughs> has a huge L in it. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did. Thank you. Uh, we also have Turnip Boy Robs a Bank for... <laughs> The PC, the Switch, and the Xbox Series X. That being the sequel to, yeah, that being the sequel to Turnip Boy uh, uh, evades has taxes or something like, or commits tax (laughs) evasion. I think is the first one. (laughs) All right, and lastly, two big releases. Um, Ubisoft's doing their damnedest to make a big push for. Prince of Persia, colon, The Lost Crown for everything. You got it? You can play it. That's your big release this week. There is a demo out right now on all platforms if you want to give this a try before buying it. But not the biggest release as The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered for the PS5 officially out this week. Yes. Uh, so that's PS5 exclusive. That includes a new mode, which is essentially kind of a not exactly a roguelike, but like a survival kind of thing. You could call it a boss rush if you want to get old school with it. Otherwise, it seems like reactions came out today for it, and it seems like very minor improvements. In fact, even the uh, performance mode on PS5 had to make some graphical sacrifices, which a lot of people are a little disappointed in. So if you were hoping for this to be perfect 4K, 60 frames, consistent, like, version of Last of Us Room two, uh, Part 2. That's still maybe not what this is. Uh, so maybe lower your bar from perfection a little bit. <laughs> but, hey. But, hey. It, I mean, it's a remaster. It's not a remake. Yeah, if you're waiting for a PS5 version of this, here it is. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some video game news, where we start with Remedy versus Rockstar. Yeah, you know what's really weird about this? They're owned by the same company. Explain that. (laughs) So, Take-Two Interactive has an ongoing trademark dispute with Remedy Entertainment over its new logo. As reported by Respawn First, Remedy applied to trademark its new logo, which is a stylized letter R with the UK Intellectual Property Office in May of 2013. The logo was then kept sealed under wraps until it was published (laughs) in June of 2023 with 
take two, then filing an opposition to it in September of last year. According to the grounds for opposition, take two claims, quote, there exists a likelihood of confusion on the part of the public between Remedy's new logo and one of Take-Two's own trademark logos. Specifically, they believe that Remedy's new logo is too similar to that of its subsidiary Rockstar Games logo. Yes. So, if you want to pull it up to give yourself a visual I, I did. Yes. Not you specifically, our listener. Um, you're, what, what you're basically looking at is the Rockstar logo is an R with a little star above it with no Below text. It. Sorry. Regardless. Uh, yes. With no text underneath. The Remedy logo is an R that is like shifted. There's like clone R's like in sort of like a mirror effect. And then the word Remedy underneath the R. So do you think as a layperson... Even if you weren't familiar with these two companies, would you get them confused, these two logos? I would understand that the Remedy logo is for Remedy. Because <laughs> it has the word because it, this, Remedy. The, okay. Yes. yes. Um, as for the Rockstar logo, I could understand and probably guess that it's a R-star name yeah. and not confuse it with Remedy. Um, also note that there is an orange logo yeah. for Rockstar compared to the black and white for Remedy. And Remedy is perfectly squared off edges in a box, whereas Rockstar has curved edges. Yeah, I mean, as you're explaining, like, there's a lot of stylistic differences between the two R's. Really, mm -hmm. the only thing they have in common is that they both involve a capital R in some capacity. Yes, um, but you do not own capital right. R inside no. a box. And yeah, I think I understand where Take-Two is coming from, from a certain perspective, but it is weird that they're doing this to their children um, mm -hmm. and um, trying to differentiate. Are they perhaps worried going into a year in which GTA is coming out that people will think that the GTA game, for whatever reason, is a remedy game? Although then again, wouldn't that be in their favor? Because people loved Alan Wake 2. Right. Like you see that logo now and you think quality. So I don't. I don't know. And like you said, I think the big point here is that it says Remedy on the Remedy logo. Isn't that enough? I don't know a whole lot about trademark law, but I feel like that is enough of a differ differ differentiating mark that those marks are not similar. But I don't know. We'll see if this thing, if they figure it out, if somehow Remedy probably gets forced to adapt their logo in some way, which would be unfortunate. Uh, but we'll see. Well, we're going to have to wait, but please do not hold your breath because <laughs> take two, if they want to push ahead with these objections, has until November 6th of 2025 oh, to file any further evidence supporting their claim. <sighs> so it'll be a slow burn, this one. Yeah, so that, that at least gives Remedy two years to continually use their logo until someone says otherwise. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yep, we'll see. In the meantime, we do have a bunch of quick bits in video game news. Yeah, I just want to uh, include these. They're not the main story, but these things did happen this week. Yes, they did, including Discord laying off 17% of its workforce. Yeah. Twitch. We just call this layoff bits. Uh, Twitch 
laying off around 500 employees as of this week. And Unity Software will target laying off approximately 25% of its workforce. So, yeah. Which accounts for over about 1,800 jobs. The tech uh, industry and gaming layoffs that we had all year last year seem to be not slowing down in January of 24. It looks mm -hmm. like we're going to see more of the same. In all three of these cases, it looks like the culprit, again, no surprise here, is investment. It is because they expanded huge during the pandemic, all three of these companies, and ended up just not figuring out a model to earn money. And so now they're trying to make cuts in order to become profitable again. And yeah, that's why you're seeing this massacre. So yeah, I hope that everybody who, you know, was comfy over at Twitch, the bad news is, is this happens literally the week that they announced where TwitchCon will be taking place uh, in uh, San Diego. It's just like, it's just such a bad vibe if you want to be like, you know, excited for these companies. Mm -hmm. um, this Obviously, this continues. Unity's fall from grace after last year. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just not a good look for any of these companies, especially Discord and, and Twitch, companies that a lot of people who stream video games need to rely on in order to do their jobs. Like, it's very, yeah. it's a very bad sign. So you're, if you're a streamer who uses Discord to further their <laughs> development at Unity Software, yeah, then you're out. Just of a life. bad week. Yeah, bad week for you. So yeah, we hope that everybody finds their footing. But that's a those are some pretty big numbers. Yep. Speaking of big numbers, awesome games done quick. Yeah. Continue to run through this week. Currently at four hundred thousand dollars. Nice. With an estimated two million to go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they'll get close. They always do. You see a big boost towards the end of it. So I'm yep. not worried. No. Uh this is only what day two? Sunday, right. Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, we're two and a half days into a full week of this. And yet to hit that Pokemon run. Everyone loves the uh, Pokemon run. Any big highlights from what you've watched so far? I know the Shiba Inu peanut butter uh played about three few hours ago yep that was uh, i was gonna bring that up that the dog yeah. played on the, on the street <laughs> everyone was that. excited for it all i've seen so far is on day one i watched a little bit of the donkey kong 64 run mm -hmm. uh which was hilarious um uh, for a lot of reasons um any other highlights so far uh i saw metroid prime and immediately wanted to stop watching metroid prime because they First off, glitched out of the arena, yeah. and I, I don't count that as act like true speed running when you glitch <laughs> out of wow out judging. of bounds. Yeah, it is. And when it, you purposely go out of bounds to hit triggers elsewhere. So many speedruns are based on out of out of bounds. I know, <laughs> like that's just part of the game. Um, I thought for a second you got my hopes up. I thought for a second you were saying that you stopped watching because you wanted to play Metroid Prime. And I was oh, going to be no. very excited and convince you to get Metroid Prime Remastered on your Switch and <laughs> join the rest of us in realizing how good that game is. Nope. Sorry. Rats. Look at us. But, yeah, but that will be continuing all this week on Twitch at Games Done Quick. Yep. And that is their plug over there. That's their but plug. we actually played games this week. Unfortunately, they're old games. They're not yeah, games that came out this year. 
Uh, Yours is older than mine. That's true. But before we get to mine, uh, let's talk about Nobody Saves the World. You played Nobody Saves the World. I really liked this game. This was cool. When did you play Nobody Saves the World? When it came out, because it was originally, it was on Game Pass. Oh, that is why. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a cool little thing. Uh, finally has, came to uh, yeah. PlayStation Essentials. And I was like, okay, yes, I'll play this. It's top-down 2D scroll runner. I was oh, like, okay. Puzzle, and puzzle combat, kind of RPG kind of mishmash. Yeah, so all kind of all mishmash of like Zelda and like, was it a Binding of Isaac? Yeah, a little bit. So, like, I was like, okay, I, I, I like this. You can, like, mix and match your abilities once you level up. I was like, okay, I'll get into this. And then the art style and the humor kind of got me. And I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I'm sucked into this. You it's opened up the world. Thing. Yep. It's like, okay. I I did get into the habit of, let me just grind in this one area. So uh-huh, I can yep. unlock I everything thing. here. Let me go over here and grind this one area until I can unlock everything. <laughs> so I'm having fun doing that. Um, streaming it on Twitch Media Boat. Twitch.tv backslash Media Boat. Yeah. Um, I did notice that our, our stuff's not being archived. No, I turned it on. I don't know if it automatically went off after a um, after an update or something. If you okay. just go into settings, you can sh- in Switch in Twitch you can change. I had to do it in in on the on the computer. That could do it on the computer. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'll be streaming some more. Nobody saves the world when I can later cool. this week. I'm having a blast with it. I'm having fun rock- walking around, switching it out, um, switching up, and then also just like grinding. So the art style, like I said, it's cute. It's fun. I think the humor is like. Just palatable enough <laughs> to be like, okay, yeah, this is like dumb humor, and I like it. Yeah, it walks a tight line, but I think for the most part, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty consistent. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember having a really good time with it. I remember um, it's a really fun game to try to figure out like what your favorite like mix of things is. Mm-hmm. You can kind of really get into a uh, to a groove with it, the combat, which is really fun. I really get a groove groove with the uh, the mouse. Because yeah. he's just so small, so small, and no one can hit him. The mouse is cool. And then I found the turtle. I was like, okay, that yeah, the turtle just rocks now. Turtle rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's fun. I played. Uh, I didn't play a whole lot of it. I played a uh, a few hours of it and kind of hit a wall with it. So uh, let me know if you end up finishing it. Okay. I mean, I opened up the, the world to where I can go anywhere now. So cool. Outside Great. the castle, just uh, trying to find the rest of where these eggs are. Yeah. <laughs> get, like. Where we're, uh, I get like the last uh, boss, but uh, yeah, it's a far, it's fun. I'm having mm-hmm. fun with it. Um, I originally was going to just do a stream of NHL 24, yeah, uh, with someone awesome taking his talents to the ice, and then I forgot that I, I need to load it onto my game onto my PlayStation. Click <laughs> out as a disc. I was like, okay, well, while that's loading, I will just play this game real quick. If I like it, I like it. Yeah. If I don't, I don't. And um, I ended up liking it. I hate to interrupt the show with breaking news. Yes. But we do occasionally have breaking news here. 20 minutes ago, the Coachella 2024 lineup has been announced. Well, we need to go back into music then. So yeah, let's let do back up time real quick and then uh, music news real quick. I won't obviously say everybody, but I'll give you the headliners here, as well as the big surprise. Uh, Lana Del Rey will be the headliner for night one. Tyler, the creator, will be night two. And Doja Cat will be night three. And then the secret that they had teased is 
a reunited no doubt will be somewhere in Coachella this 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 year. Holy shit. No doubt. No doubt. I had never I honestly thought that Gwen would never do it. Really? Yeah, she's a different artist now. She got married, uh, you know, the Blake Sheldon. You think Blake Sheldon convinced her? I just I don't know. It's just it's such a weird move. I don't know. But uh so yeah, there you go. Um so uh feel free to look up your own uh list. I'm just kind of scanning this for names I recognize. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, Peso Pluma on night yeah. one with a tease and everything always. Yeah. Um uh, the Japanese house, Black Country New Road, Sh- Chapel Rowan, Sabrina Carpenter. Two get song two with blur. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. Woo! Sublime, uh now without Rome. Yes. Oh uh, without what but they're all supplied with Rome for like the last John, Grammy Award winning John Batiste. John Batiste. I saw that. Oh, Grimes is here. I thought we were done. <laughs> uh yeah, anyway. The Aquabats oh, are what? making a comeback. Wait, what? Night two. <laughs> and then uh not anything interesting, night three, little yachty. Uh Renee hey, Rapp. You're just, well, just gonna totally skip over Jay Balvin. Yeah, Jay Balvin. Uh okay, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh BB Rexa. Sure. Uh Victoria Monet. Oh yeah, Grammy nominated Victoria. And Monet. Taking Back Sunday. Oh weird. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, check that out. Uh that's breaking news for y'all. Uh so uh this is why you're here. This is why you tune into this podcast for things like that. Anyways. <laughs> Ellie and Fur. <laughs> so at least Fur. <laughs> let's move on. Um, hey, so hey, let, let me find some good, like, funny things here. Eh, you can do that on your own time. We have a hard out today. Let's yes, move we back do. to video games. All right, back to video games, and you played yes. an old game. Uh, yeah, after kind of a little renaissance it had last week, I had been meaning to jump into and try for the first time Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, originally a 2020 game, but uh, got a 2.0 release last year with some DLC that people really seemed to love. And everybody said it streamlined the experience. They ironed out the bugs. So, uh, yeah, I gave this a shot. I checked it out from my local library. I recommend anybody else to look at your local library and see if they have video games you can check out, too. Uh, the downside is I only have a week, uh, so I'm going to yes. try to pour as much out of this as I can in a week. I'm just mainlining the, the campaign and just seeing how far I can get. Uh, but so far, I'm, I don't know, I'm mixed about it. Uh, I am impressed with a lot of what this game does. It has some really cool things that it does with visual presentation, specifically with uh, mission-based stuff in the storytelling. Like, it's very dynamic with the camera angles, even though it is first person. It's very realistic with how you deal with people and have conversations and hand things to each other. It's weird coming off of Starfield and going into this because this feels so realistic and lived in. Starfield still has that Bethesda artificiality to it where you're going to stand and stare at this person. And if they hand you an item, it's just a little piece of text that shows up. So-and-so gave you 300 credits or something. This is very much like, no, they'll actually have a physical item. They'll hand it to you on a table. You look down at it, grab it with your hand, that kind of dynamic kind of feel. And then it's just a very, like, the colors really pop. The world looks really good. The character designs are really impressive. I like the variety of clothes you can wear. It's just very stylish. 
the combat's fun too. Um, there's some really cool hacking stuff you can do. There's like a puzzle mode where you're kind of almost immortality style editing, uh, uh, going through uh, video and like Drum finding video. clues in video. Yeah. It's really neat. I just got introduced to that uh, mechanic just now, which is why I was a little late. And because I was like waiting for that sequence to end. Um, and yeah, like it's a really compelling thing. The downside is, is the stuff that I already knew about, which is the humor is really hit or miss. Um, there's a lot of stuff that seems edgy for edgy's sake is the vibe. Um, not too dissimilar to actually, you brought it up earlier, The weekend's The Idol. It gave me a lot of idol vibes in the way where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to so edgy we are. The first mission, you have to carry around a naked lady. Can you believe that? Naked lady. It's just very forced. There's ads for drugs. There's ads for, there's a really egregious one that feels really transphobic to me that I'm not even going to bother to describe. It's just a vibe that feels gross. And I know it's probably going for it because that's supposed to be dystopic future, man. Shit's messed up. And like, I get it. But combined with like the really interesting things it's doing as a video game, I'm still feeling out how I feel about it overall. I think there's fun stuff and I think there's really cool stuff about the presentation, but the vibes are off. And so I'm mm -hmm. going to play a little bit more of it because I am really enjoying my time with it and uh, see if it has other stuff that's uh, that I haven't even encountered that uh, that could be cool about it. Um, and kind of get to know the characters. Like, for reference, I haven't even met Keanu Reeves yet. Like, I haven't even gotten to the full thrust of the story yet, so I have barely scratched the surface. So I'm going to give it a little bit more time before I make a final judgment. But at least the world feels a bit more polished. Oh, yeah. No bugs. I didn't encounter anything. I saw one cop that looked like he was standing on something in midair, but then he immediately came back to, to, to ground when I moved a little bit. So not a huge bug. I'll forgive it. Um... Okay. So yeah, so far so good. Um, but like I said, a little grimy on the edges and I'm just trying to like, in a kind of Borderlands 3 kind of way, forget about the stuff that I don't love and focus on the game being fun. And as mm -hmm. long as I'm able to do that, maybe I'll have a good time with it. So yeah. All right. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, you have a week, so yeah. let me know how so it goes. Report back next week. If you week, get you know, to the, you. was it Phantom Liberty section? So, no, that's paid DLC. Oh, paid uh, DLC. So this copy is the original copy of the base game, okay. so it does not include it. That's a separate thing that, yeah, it's bundled in. If you buy a new copy right now, the Ultimate Edition, I believe, bundles in the Phantom Liberty DLC. So if you are new and want to spend the money, you can get all of it in one. Okay. okay. I'll report back. All right. But in the meantime... If we didn't play anything else, we can safely move on to the second half of the show. Yep, let's move on into the television section. And we always start television with the Sports Corner. First up, you're going to have to elaborate on this. I was not aware of this story. Uh, you have here that ESPN has some sort of Emmy with some sort of college game day hoax. What's happening here? So... The Emmys and ESPN uh, currently had a beef this past week oh, where they? ESPN had to rescind some Emmys given to its hosts oh. because when you host a televised program, that is a separate Emmy category from the actual production of said Emmy program. Okay. But... 
But to get around this, someone over at ESPN, when they made the submission under the title of associate producer, put in fake names. And then they took those awards, took off the nameplate, put on the nameplate of the real person, and then gave it to said person. That person being one of the hosts. So, for example, one of the hosts for Call of Duty is Lee Corsovo. Been there for like 20 years. In the credits that they submitted to the Emmys, they didn't put Lee Corsovo. They put um, Les Corsoon. (laughs) Among other hosts to which they got the Emmys, changed the nameplate, and gave them back to to the hosts. Oh, jeez. So this was found out because some of the hosts were like putting on Instagram saying, look, another Emmy for my collection. But it's for College Game Day, the show, not you specifically, the host, which is a completely separate category they did not win. Right. So how long did it take them to realize this? This has been going on since 2010. Oh, jeez. So yeah, a good 13 years. Wow. Till someone um, realized, hey, this person does not actually exist. Wow. Or how did, the more accurately is probably, how did this person have so many Emmys? I tried searching their name. I, they never popped up under Emmy winner. <laughs> so yeah, ESPN had to do a lot of cleaning up this past week for the Emmys. Wow. 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 So yeah, that was kind of a big news, <laughs> not sports-related. What a mess. What a total mess. I mean, there's already been kind of back and forth about these categories, about, like, hosts and and whether there should be even, like, writing categories still for, like, variety shows and stuff like that. It's just, mm-hmm. that really got to figure out their categories and make sure that nobody's trying to cheat them. Well, Lori, this was not a primetime Emmy. Right. These were daytime Emmys. But still. Well, we'll get to those primetime Emmys later, but first... Yes. We got more sports stuff to talk about. We moved yes. now to the NFL, where, as a follow-up to last week's uh, scuttlebutt about coaches, we have some final finality about some other coaches that are on their way out. Yes, while last week, yes. while last week was Black Monday for coaches. Yes, these long-tenured coaches yes. had the uh, not the audacity, the <laughs> foresight to at least wait a couple days and then yeah. give them their own special day of. Uh, fare- farewell send off. Right. The first being, of course, Pete Carroll sitting, stepping down as head coach after 14 seasons and one Super Bowl championship with the Seahawks. Yep. I mean, quite a career uh, for him. 72 years. I mean, he's been there since 2006. Yeah. 2007. After, of course, having uh, built up his legacy as the USC coach. Yep, one of only three head coaches to have won both a Super Bowl championship mm-hmm. and a college football championship. Right, yeah. But then, of course, the other one we saw coming, which was Bill Belichick, officially leaving as Patriots coach after 24 seasons and six Super Bowl rings. So, uh, yeah, that was the one most people were focused on, uh, kind of honoring the legacy of Bill Belichick and um, giving him a proper send-off from the league. Yeah, I mean, that's the actual press conference that I did watch. Technically, I did watch both, but I watched the 
Pete Car- or the Bill Belichick one live because it's Bill. Yeah. He, he wants to see he's actually going to show emotion for once, but <laughs> <laughs> no, never. But no, I mean, six Super Bowls, 24 seasons. Uh, he, I think, third all time in terms of coaching, um, coaching wins for a regular season. He's first if you include the playoffs, but yeah. just in terms of NFL regular season, he is about 50 shy. So about good four seasons probably. Okay. Before um he becomes the most winningest regular season head coach. Right. Should he continue to coach yeah. as a head coach? Which we will see. Yep. But yeah, for now, uh, that's kind of where those two stand. Meanwhile, it was wild card weekend. All the home teams won, except for the Dallas Cowboys. Wah, wah. You also had some really close upsets. Uh, I think the Lions really shocked everyone uh, with their surprise win. Yeah, that was a one-point win. Uh, yeah. Jared Goff did not throw a pick in that game, and that's the oh. reason they won. How are you feeling about that game as a Rams fan? I mean, as a game, that thing was that game was awesome. Uh, but, the Rams defense shut down the Detroit Lions three points in the second half total, but just enough to overcome uh, the Rams at a 24-23 victory. Yeah, Matthew Stafford back home for Ford Field playoff game. Yeah, Detroit winning and Dallas Cowboys losing means. Detroit gets yet another playoff game, uh, this time against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Don't call them that. But yes, I saw a lot of Eagles fans very, very, very upset about how that went. Yes, especially as they were very, very, very high on their team at the beginning of the year. Yes, it looked pretty good for them for a little bit. But alas, uh, not everything can last. And so, yes, they will have to try again next time. Yep. Four games are coming this week. Uh, the other two being Green Bay, up, who upset the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. going into Santa Clara to face Mr. Irrelevant and the San Francisco 49ers. And then rookie C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans going in against number one, and number one seed, and currently the second longest tenured head coach, because Mike Tomlin is still technically head coach of the Steelers for now, even though they lost. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, ah. um, John Harbaugh, and the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, knowing what you know how uh, now, and knowing kind of where all these pieces have been placed on the puzzle, what are your Super Bowl thoughts? Who do you think makes it? I mean. It's still going to be Ravens versus the Rams, except the Rams will be wearing Detroit Lions colors instead. <laughs> but because Garrett, Jared Goff is at the helm, right. he is still yeah. a Ram in our hearts, so he's still going to lead them to the... I like how you almost called him Jared Goff. Wait, no. Get Garrett Joff. Garrett Joff. <laughs> Garrett Joff. Brewdries. Drew Brewdries. Anyways, um... All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see if that is your uh, is that a, if that is a correct uh, analysis. Man, will Detroit go crazy if the Lions make it? So here's, I mean, one, the Lions should beat Tampa Bay, but yeah. then in the NFC Championship game, it's going to be either number one pick Jared Goff versus Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy, 
or number one pick Jared Goff, sorry, Detroit Lions, NFC North Detroit Lions versus NFC North Green Bay Packers in an NFC Championship game in Ford Field. So yeah. either way, as long as the Detroit Lions win, either storyline is great for television. Well, we'll have to see which one of those happens. Uh, anything else in football before we move on to other sports? Mm-hmm. No? Uh, technically, we do know who the next head coach of the Patriots will be. It is mm-hmm. Gerard Mayo, who was the defensive coordinator. He is being primed to be the next head coach yeah. over there. Um, as we talked about last week, there's still seven, I guess, now these two, nine open positions for head coaches that need to still be filled. And I'll talk about that a little bit later once we get to another one. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll get there in a moment. But for now, uh, you don't have any baseball news here, but I just want to briefly note something that I found out. The moment we've been waiting for, maybe, um, the uh, Regional Sports Network's Valley Sports hearings are on Mm -hmm. Friday the 19th. So there's a, possi- was, yeah. there's a possibility, a slim possibility, but a possibility nonetheless that we might have news coming out of that as to the fate of the deals that have yet to be struck for the regional sports networks uh, and the league. So For the this- upcoming season. Because right. um, right. all signs point to 2025 being the start of MLB doing its own streaming thing. Right. So right now, all we know of is that Valley's made deals with three teams, but we don't know which three teams they are. Mm-hmm. The question is, can they afford the other 11 teams that are potentially on the chopping block here? And so this may help us get an idea of maybe one, who those teams are, and two, whether they're going to be able to afford any of them, all of them, or maybe even none of them, depending <laughs> on how this goes. So Because they are feel, still under bankruptcy. We might have news about that next week, but again, maybe. So yeah. we'll see. That's All right. Let's move on from baseball then, because that's pretty much it this week. Uh, besides, uh, international signings happen this week. But uh, most, of those, yeah. most of the time, we don't see any actual fruits from those signings until two, three years in the future. So Unless you're Shohei Otani. Unless you're Shohei Otani. But you're not. So let's yes. move on. Let's move on to basketball. The Boston Celtics are having a season uh, for themselves right now. They lead all teams with a 31-9 to record. First team to 30 wins, first team, or sorry, first team to 30 wins, and last team to hit double-digit losses. So, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Boston, yep. so uh, yep. going for team. The entire NBA is team. green of envy for the Boston Celtics. Oh, so funny. Meanwhile, <laughs> in hockey, you have a similar kind of vibe with the Edmonton Oilers, who are currently on a 10-game win streak. Yep, and in the division with the Kings. So that's the only reason I know it, because they oh, just keep mm. winning, just keep winning. I see. That's a, yes, that's a frustration story. Yes, that's a frustration 10 win streak. <laughs> but nonetheless, congratulations on your 10 win streak. That is a franchise record. And now we turn Let's see to if you keep college. It up, yes, exactly. Now we turn to college football, which of course is in the offseason right now. It has wrapped up its proper season. But news nonetheless trickles in, specifically about Nick Saban. Saban? Saban? Saban, Nick Saban. Saban. I was thinking of the, the, Nick Saban. I, know I was thinking of, of the production studio of the Power Rangers show. Yes, yes. Fox kids. kids, Saban. Yes, yeah, Saban. Saban uh, is retiring as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. In 17 seasons with Alabama, Saban, Saban led the Tide to six national championships, 
44 first round picks and 29 total losses. Think about that for a second. 29. That's it. 17 seasons, 29 losses. That's it. On average, and that's on average two losses a season. But yeah. you also have to factor in he had like two or three undefeated seasons in there. Right. So that adds up pretty well, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that makes a career record of 292 to 71 to 1 in 28 seasons. Yes. Is that one a one tie? There's one tie in there, yes. <laughs> it's insane. Um, and yeah, seven national champions, uh, championships. That's pretty crazy. Yep. One with LSU, um, which after he won the LSU national, the national champion of LSU, he then went, became the coach of Alabama and then won six national championships. So the question then remains then what's next for Nick Saban? Put on your hats because <laughs> we've had three legacy yep. uh, retirements, retirements yep. of coaches okay. leaving. So yes. Here's my big brain thinking. All right. They all want to go somewhere where they can retire. Where it's sunny, where it's warm, where uh, they can just relax by the beach. Yes. But also they want to be able to coach uh -huh. an up-and-coming right. young team. Sure. So they fill the vacancy of the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh. Bill Belichick is the head coach. Pete Carroll is the defensive uh, coordinator. Dick Saban is the offensive oh coordinator. And wish. all three <laughs> coach for the rest, through the decade, six seasons, till they get Bill Belichick his number one uh, ranking as the most winningest coach. You're basically saying that the Chargers then become the NFL dream team, at least coaching-wise. Coaching-wise, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's insane. I don't think that happens. I think you're imagining a dream world. But they are all friends. They're all 72 years old. Here, I'll give you this. I'll give you one of those names becomes attached <laughs> to the Chargers. I'm not even going to say who. I'm just going to say I'll give you one of them, but not all three, not even two. I'll think about it. One. Bill Belichick comes to another young, hot quarterback with Justin Herbert. Pete Carroll comes home to L.A., where USC is literally down the road, yes. and Nick Saban coaches in the NFL with two legendary head coaches joining his hat in the ranks. I mean, stranger things have happened, but I just don't. I don't see all of them. I don't see all of them. Hey, if one of them, gets, maybe it's like a path of first one to get hired as a head coach brings the other two aboard. Well, I mean, although we'll Bill see would, what happens. I don't think Bill would do that because he wants that record. He's yeah, chasing ghosts right now. But yeah, yeah, he wants that record. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, like I said, Stranger Things have happened. Who knows? Who knows? We're not talking about Stranger Things. No, we're not talking about Stranger Things. But we are <laughs> going to move on. Uh, one last thing in sports. We have to talk about the draft. We have to talk about these young up-and-comers coming out of college, ready to play in the NFL, and what the odds are. And uh, we because the because the championship yes. happened, now all eyes are on who is staying, who is going, and yep. who is entering the transfer portal. But we yes. don't care about who's staying, and we don't right. care about the transfer portal. No, we care about who's making that jump from the D League to the pros. Right. So we of course start with Heisman winner quarterback Caleb Williams of USC. 
We have wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. from the Ohio State. I know you're a fan of his. Yes, he is my number one pick. Yeah. We have quarterback Drake May from UNC. Wide receiver Malik Neighbors of LSU. Tight end Brock Bowers from UGA. That's wide receiver. Ro- yeah. Wide receiver Rome Odunzi. Odunz. Odunz. From Washington. Another Heisman winner, quarterback Jaden Daniels of LSU. Quarterback Michael Penix Jr. of Washington. Quarterback, great name, Bo Nix from Oregon. And quarterback J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. And running back Blake Corum from Michigan as well. And wide receiver Xavier Worthy, another great name from Texas. So those are the top 12 picks that I believe should be going, (laughs) uh, especially for fantasy, next year's draft. Yeah. Lots of quarterbacks, lots of receivers. This is going to be a legendary draft. It's going to be a stacked yes. draft. So you're going to want those picks. Who do the Browns pick? <laughs> uh, I think you mean the Bears. They Sorry, the Bears. Pick. Sorry. Who do the Bears pick? Who's, the Bears, who's gone first? Uh, depends if they want to stick with Justin Fields. Right. Because uh, they could make a package of Justin Fields. Uh, or sorry, of the first round pick for other picks to see if someone wants to jump to get their guy as a quarterback, their their next uh, leader quarterback. Well, leader. now that the bear season is over, what do you think they do with Fields? Do they try him another season or do they bail? Uh, seeing as they're going to keep their head coach, I think they keep their quarterback. Mm, okay. Um, right. And thus, they probably trade it to Arizona. Because they are very gullible and will sell their picks away for <laughs> probably Kurt Heisman Trophy winner Jaden Daniels and not go with the actual Caleb Williams. Got it. And then everyone's gonna blow it for um, Marvin <laughs> Harrison Jr. to drop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because he should be the number one pick. He is the best player in the in college right now and should have won the Heisman. Dang. Well. We'll see if history can correct itself. Also, when- slowly looking at who I want on my dynasty team. <laughs> I like all of those names. <laughs> well, in the meantime, well, when does this draft uh, start? Um, my, the dynasty draft or the actual NFL The actual draft. draft. Oh, NFL draft is yes. in April. April no. 20th. <laughs> I do not care about your fantasy. <laughs> hey, we were just talking about my fantasy. <laughs> Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll and... Nick Saban, all coaching on the same team. Uh, the The actual draft is on uh, the tw- April 25th. <laughs> Good to know. All right, then, in that case, anything else in sports that we need to cover before we move on to television news? All right. Uh, no, because now we have to move on to our sport, the sport of kings. Yes, the sport of kings, which is betting on <laughs> awards, uh, uh, specifically... Entertainment Awards, uh, you know we love it here at the Media Boat Podcast. You probably saw a post go up about our predictions uh, for the Emmys, which took place on Monday night. I would like to change my predictions now. You cannot. It is too late. I uh, beat you by three. Oh, by the way, so if you're wondering where that number came from, um, if the math didn't add up for you, it's because I missed one. I didn't realize that host, or not host, uh, competitive reality competition would be televised. I thought yeah. it was already done, so he did not include it, but I figured... Reality competition host was already right. there. 
but I figured that all of us would have said RuPaul anyways, and it won. So I gave us all a point. Okay. I yes. include. I basically gave us all a bonus point because we all would have picked Drag Race because it's won for the last eight years. Yep. Anyways, that being said, uh, the Emmys happened. And if you weren't part of Succession, The Bear, or Beef, oh boy, you had a long night. <laughs> Succession and The Bear tied with the leading six men's each, both, of course, winning their Best Drama and Best Comedy prizes. And Beef, which won for limited series, followed closely with five trophies. Uh, last week tonight with John Oliver continued their dominating dominating run in writing and for scripted variety series. But surprisingly enough, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah won variety talk series because last week tonight is not allowed to compete in that category. Honestly, I get it because there are no interviews. Mm-hmm. It's not a talk show. Yes. It is a sketch show to a certain extent and it's also an information show. It's like almost edutainment to a certain extent while the other ones really aren't. That's why it falls under variety. Oh, yeah. It's fair. I yeah. think that's it fair. Was, it was nice to see Trevor Noah come out and say, see, I told you we would have won if we didn't compete against John Oliver. Right. Uh, something also the internet glommed onto after the show was that you could see during that acceptance speech from Trevor Noah, Roy Wood Jr. is in the back mouthing the words, please hire a host, <laughs> implying yes. that Comedy Central still has not chosen a successor for Trevor after he leaves, which is ridiculous been almost a year now i mean what we do know is who it won't be uh it seems like it won't be roy was jr and it won't yes. be um uh who was ronnie the, chang right chang or it won't be uh what's his name who had the the patriot act show um on netflix what's his name oh hassan minaj thank you we already know it won't be hassan minaj so yeah, yeah. i don't know uh i hope they make that decision quick but anyway, so yeah, I saw that as kind of the Academy honoring Trevor Noah for the last, for his run, mm-hmm. basically. That's how I read that. It's not yeah. sure. Why not? Um, some history was made uh, last night, specifically involving Sir Elton John as yes. winning his first Emmy uh, for Elton John Live for Farewell from Dodger Stadium, um, which you watched. Uh, is um, gave him his EGOT. That was the last piece of his EGOT. He has already has his. He already has his Oscar, his Tony, and his uh, Grammy. So all he needed was that Emmy, and now he is now the nineteenth person of all time to be a full real EGOT. Yeah, congratulations, Sir Elton John. You finally got your E. Yeah, he got his E. Then uh, lastly, you included this, I think, because this is the big horse you bet on and lost bad. Yes. The Last of Us, HBO's big series from last year, shut out, snubbed on uh, Monday's primetime Emmys, did win some creative arts Emmys the weekend prior, but did not deliver in the primetime Emmys. And that is where, yes, I lost because they walked away with eight wins. They swept the creatives and then zero on the big night. I mean, when you look back to the critical reception of that, I think some of this makes sense because I think the one thing people were talking about about that show was Nick Offerman's performance. Mm -hmm. And you know what won? Nick Offerman's performance. Yeah. So I'm not too surprised. I did also have it as my pick for directing. Because I just thought of just the way they crafted that episode is really impressive. But I wasn't super surprised, though, to see the Succession episode win that. Yeah, the Succession episode where Logan Roy dies. Right. A.K.A. Connor's wedding. 
um, one for writing, one for directing. Gotcha. It was the big episode. It was their big Emmy submission, along with you know the finale. But yeah, other than that, I'm trying to think of some other Emmy highlights. Um, some real good speeches. I really liked the stuff that they did with reuniting old casts of TV shows. I yeah, thought that like was a really Cheers, neat way. Martin, yeah, Alan McBeal. Alan the Sopranos to a certain extent. Like yeah. they, they did a lot of them and I was actually pretty impressed by that. I thought it was a really cool way of honoring television history without making us sit through a bunch of shit. Let's just get these actors out there and have them talk about it. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. And then they had uh the in memoriam mm-hmm. with uh that wasn't Sam Smith. No, that was no, uh, Charlie Poof. Charlie Poof, yes. Yes. Yes, singing uh, his Fast and Furious 7, the theme of Fast and Furious 7. Yes, love theme from Fast and Furious 7, which is what I call that song. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice, but it ended up working actually for me. And then the segue into the Friends theme for Matthew Perry was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, oh, another news story that went around after this. Um, because it's a, it was, this was his last chance to win any Emmys, Better Call Saul set a Emmy record last night by most, most nominations without a win. Yes, of yep. a show. 53 nominations, zero wins over the course of its entire six-year six run. So, uh, yep. sucks to be Bob Odenkirk, I guess. <laughs> what are you going to do? But yeah, um, I thought like, it was a pretty good overall uh, year for the Emmys. I enjoyed you know what Bob Odenkirk should do? What should he do? He better call Saul. Uh, but yeah uh, otherwise i thought it was a pretty solid night i i I thought that that everything that won should have probably won i felt pretty good i'm not a fan of succession but see people seem to love it and so i'm glad it got the adoration and but uh i think the big story here is go there next year though but i think the biggest story here is yes the bear got its due i think everybody agrees that that's the like one of the best things on tv the stars all won rightfully Mm -hmm. their emmys for it um, this is not really a thought. I'm going to save my thoughts until after. But I have started watching the bear. Yeah. I've almost, I, you got me. You finally got yeah. me. Everybody finally got me. Yeah, and, he's finally got you. And I am here to say, God, y'all were right. Y'all yeah. were so right. This show rules. Yes, yes. On, uh, yes. We're, 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 we're re-editing uh, the Media Vote podcast <laughs> end of the year vote well, to name the bear. Not quite, because I have not got to season two yet. I am... oh, no, no, I'm not talking about season two. I'm talking about season one. We're going all yeah. the way 22. back. Go back to our yeah, 22 wrap-up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the bear. So what I will say is I'm on, I'm about to start episode seven of season one. I'm almost done with season one. Okay. Uh, I believe this is the big one, too. The I got to one, the seven review. Is... I haven't yes. watched review yet, but I understand that's like the episode in season one. So that is the episode. Yeah, that's the, lo- that's the one take. That's the I don't wonder. know what happens yet, so don't tell you me. You don't need to. It's the water. That's all you need to know. All right, but yeah, I I'm really enjoying. It. I like the characters. I like how it's shot. I like how it's kinetic. I like the pace of it. I like the the like all the needle drops are great. Like I love mm-hmm. the vibe. It's cool. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm really excited to see what they do with it in season two. See what everybody's been talking about. Yes, Mom more of the bear. More of the bear. Yeah, so I'll be ready for season three when that drops, probably 2026. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, but we have other thoughts, actual thoughts to talk about if we're done with the Emmys. Anything else to say about the Emmys? Um, 
if you're like me and you watch both the Golden Globe and the Emmys, you clearly saw the production of the Emmys because they actually took the time and effort into both crafting their show, hosting a 75-year memoriam for TV of the awards, Mm -hmm. compared to the Golden Globes, which looked like it was thrown together at the last minute because it kind of technically was. With one caveat, maybe don't get Anthony Anderson to do it. But everything else worked for me. I'm sorry, you didn't like him showing up in a gimp suit? Uh, Probably the weaker, one of the weaker moments of the night. Uh, Well, just Google Anthony Anderson and you'll find out what I'm talking about. Just Google him. (laughs) Look at his Wikipedia. I don't know what you need to do, but just he's had an interesting kind of last few years. But regardless, with a different host, I think that, yeah, would have been a great, I think you're right. I think it did a really good job uh, honoring television, which is something that I think Mm -hmm. the Golden Globes fell really short of doing. Right. And yes, we know that Golden Globes are both TV and movies, but yes, but yeah, it's it's really nice that when they do have like these anniversary years, especially for shows, that they're able to put the cast together, pay tribute to these long running shows, pay tribute to television because that's what yeah. you're there to celebrate. You're there to celebrate TV, not just the year you had, but also all the TV and legacy that came before. And the Emmys did it. Great this year. I wouldn't be surprised if this year's Emmys wins an Emmy next year for directing. Yeah, maybe. All right. Let's talk about thoughts. You have a couple of uh, game show or game show adjacent thoughts uh, to start yes. us off here. Um, We'll start with the Netflix one and then go into uh, Peacock stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, trust is both something earned <laughs> and kind of something given. In terms of both, like, in terms of people and in terms of actual money. And that's how we get with The Trust, a game of greed on Netflix. You get 11 strangers, um, put them into a mansion, and immediately everyone's a winner. Oh, that's $250,000. You all split evenly. No, no, that's it. Just automatically, you can split evenly. If you make it to the end. (laughs) But do you trust the people you're spending your time with? Because they can vote you out. And if you get a majority vote, you are out of the mansion. You lose out on the trust. And then all of a sudden, your part of the trust becomes a little bit bigger. Because, you know, what's good about splitting something 11 ways? When you can split it 10 ways. Or 5 ways. Or... Are you that much of a backstabber that you will betray everyone's right. trust and take it all for yourself at the end? There was a video game with this premise from a couple of years ago that I remember hearing about on a podcast. It was exactly this premise. I wish I knew, remembered what the name of it was. But yes, so this is a, but this is a live with real people version of the same idea. Yes, yes. Yeah. And everyone comes in with their own like backstory and secrets and stuff mm-hmm. about who they actually are. So over the course you get to know a little bit more and they get to share a little bit more and say, oh, do you trust them? Are there alliances? First episode, all the women ganged up and took out one of the guys because they didn't like the way he, like, like they literally they, they said that they didn't like the way he showed off by <laughs> showing up with one button and just, like, rippling ab everywhere. It's like, this guy is a threat to us. We need to make right. sure he is out. So all the all the ladies got together and voted him out night one and broke everyone's trust. And it was 
great to see is like, oh, oh, I'm in. I am definitely <laughs> in for this. Yeah. Okay. So one spoiler for episode one, but um, it's a every Tuesday thing. So more episodes drop. Um, I think it's over in two weeks. So All right. it's and a Netflix. Netflix. Netflix? That's, a, that's another uh, Netflix game show. All right. And you know how dirty they like to play. Fast and loose with the rules. For sure. Speaking of fast and loose with the rules, let's go over to Peacock, where yes. season two of Alan Cummings' show, The Traitors, is back for another season of backstabbing blubbery. <laughs> Did you watch season two? No. I thought you would. No. Thanks said you were going to watch it. Uh, I think we tried uh, a little bit of, I think we tried the first episode of season one, and I don't know if we loved it. Okay. Yeah. Didn't stick with well, it. Well, try season two because they got rid of the, um, like, actual people aspect <laughs> of it, and these are all just celebrities. Like, oh, interesting. celebrities now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they got rid of, like, they got rid of, uh, I don't know why they did that. But apparently it's just all celebrities now in this season. I was like, mm. so I'm watching, I was like, wait, where are the regular people coming on? Are there not gonna be regular people to back to everyone? No, mm. there's just celebrities in season two. Um, I watched it with my doctor. She recognized a couple of celebrities, she's like, oh, and it's set in Scotland. <laughs> oh, I'm in. <laughs> no, she's in with it, and we're watching that now, so we're having fun with that. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, speaking of backstabbing and betrayal, the traitors, <laughs> season two, out now. Yeah, on Peacock only. All right. Um. Also, on Peacock and playing, auto playing because I was watching the uh, NFL <laughs> game on uh, Peacock, and then it's like, hey, when you're done with this and you don't change the channel or anything, we're just gonna roll you right into the show we're promoting everywhere: Seth MacFarlane's Ted. The TV yeah. series. When you said you had it on autoplay, I thought it was like, oh, but to get it over with. No, no. I went from football <laughs> to Seth MacFarlane Ted. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before you start talking about the television series, have you seen the two movies? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. And did you like them? The first one was charming, but then again, it's because it's charming in its, like, when it came out. Sure. I don't think it really holds up now. No, I bet it has passed. not aged well, if I had to guess. Uh, and then even uh, the second one, where it was like trying to get Ted an, an official citizen because he's not technically a person of the United States because he's not technically a person. That's true. I went to the legal thing. Uh, so that was that. Yeah. But this is none of that. This is actually a. Back to high school scenario where Ted and John, uh, Mark Wahlberg's teenage self, get into the typical high school teenage shenanigans, uh -huh. but with a foul-mouthed, potty-talking teddy bear. And episode one, it does feel like Seth MacFarlane is hiding behind the facade of Ted to say all these dirty, racist, misogynistic jokes. Yes. In order to get away with it because it's coming from a teddy bear mm -hmm. and not from Seth MacFarlane himself. Even it's, it really is. Yeah. It's really it's such a one-note joke when you think about it. Is is it's mm -hmm. it's and it's a joke he's used 
in all of his shows is let's yeah. have the animal character like be against type against being a cute animal so that way that's like and that's the joke that's the crux of the humor right it's just like oh it's funny because a bear is saying this stuff specifically like a teddy bear is saying mm -hmm. this stuff and i feel like that just where like eventually wears very thin there's one thing that i need to go back and look at the lore of this is that <laughs> well yes the lore ted of lore. ted the important ted lore yes because like i thought or this is my memory that ted got the seth MacFarlane voice because he smoked a lot and like drank and <laughs> basically like he sounds like a 40 year old man because he smoked a drink like a 40 year old man who had all that experience not I'm like a cute teddy bear with my high-pitched voice, and it's going to stay that way <laughs> uh, and eventually age over time. Apparently, no, because in this episode, in like the second or third episode, they get right into let's buy drugs and do drugs for the first time. And yep. it's like, wait, but your voice sounds like a four-year-old man. How is it like this? He's like, just always, he's just always sounded like that. We just have to, you just have to accept that. But that's not what the first 10 minutes of Ted was. Also, they recast Alex Borstein as the mom. And they shouldn't have. She's a, Seth, yes, she is on the Seth MacFarlane roster. Like, of course, she's just there. Exactly. But they had to recast her because for some reason she didn't want to be back. Yeah, it's weird. Like, all the, like, the jokes they made from like the first like opening of Ted, like, those parents, not there. They're completely different actors, completely different setup. Like, is this even the same even kind of show? Maybe I'm just thinking too much of it. Maybe you are overthinking the Ted television show. Yes, I think maybe <laughs> it's a little bit. Maybe. Anyways. Anyways, all episodes are up on Peacock. You can watch that now. Um, also, I did end up finishing Twisted Metal on Peacock. I'm glad I did. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm kind of excited for season two, and I'm glad they got a season two. Hi, right, fair enough. But they all are going into a um, tournament style, so you, you they get to hone in on exactly the characters you want to see uh, from the Twisted Metal series of mm -hmm. all the Twisted Metal series, as it uh, points out. So wait for a season two of that, hopefully later this year, if not next year. Okay. But... We need to talk about a show that we delayed from last week into this one. Yeah, technically last year because uh, this was a this is they ended it in solid twenty twenty three and we just didn't report on it in time. Um, yeah, uh, Julia uh, on Max, a show that you talked about for its first season last year, mm -hmm. uh, ended its second season, and I guess that's it because we'll get to that in the cancellations and uh, renewals. Well, in a moment. I guess spoilers, but yeah, spoiler, <laughs> but not that we need to spoil our own show. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, the you know the show re uh, about Julia Child and her time uh, working on her television show. Um, yeah, I came to this late. You had talked pretty glowing, I think, about the first season. You had really enjoyed yep. it. I liked how I liked the general idea of the show, which is combining a story about Julia, like the person she was, and her husband, and like their history and her friends, but also almost equally so an exploration into television production in the late 50s, early 60s, like really digging into public television, how it's made, what they were dealing with, what the struggles were to get her show made, talking about the dynamics between 
know, how art had like direction and production. And like, I thought the nitty gritty of like seeing the show come together was just as compelling in some ways as the, the human drama around it. And yeah, it kind of doubles down on that in season two. There's a little bit of a twist that they do towards the end of the season that I I thought they pulled out pretty well, where they bring in a little uh, political intrigue to it. And uh, whack. yeah, I thought it was a neat little uh, little extra like cherry on top. I felt yeah, um, that didn't feel too removed from what they were trying to do overall. And by the end of it, I think I landed like yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I like the characters enough. It's not the most amazing television you've ever seen, uh, but I think it does what it's trying to do pretty well. I think it gets a little mired and doesn't really resolve a lot of the questions between uh, uh, between Julia and her relationship with feminism. I think they don't they really touch on it briefly and then don't revisit it until like it, it, even though they kind of talk around it later. So I felt a real like a few of the plot threads weren't really resolved, but for the most part. I had an okay time with it. I had a better time with season one than I had with season two. Okay. I definitely had a struggle with season two because they were in France, because they yeah. were away from the studio, because it wasn't about the Television, Julia so. Child, yeah. the shows about Julia Child, the chef. Right. To kind of create the cookbook. And I think that's why it took me so long to get background to it, <laughs> because I didn't really care that much about Let's write another cookbook. What are the recipes? I wanted more of the the huac, the feminism, the television in the 1950s correlation that yeah. they're putting into here. I wanted more of that, but I didn't get that until halfway through the season. Right. Which is why it took me so long to finish Julia season two. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super surprised that it is done because I don't know how much more they can really do with this premise for a season three. I think they might be done. Civil rights. <laughs> that's where it's but going. But they already kind of touched on that. So yes, like... they touched on But that's like the next big thing right. that happens like in real life. But yeah, I still would recommend it, I think, for anybody curious about Julia Child or curious about 60s television. Yeah. Uh, because I think that, yeah, it does have a little bit of uh, insight to exactly like the structures of how that, how they were able to pull off those shows back then, which is pretty cool. Also, just cooking shows in general, how they started. Like, you get to see the origin of a lot of cooking show staples. Like, the mirror, so you can see above what's being cooked. Like, you get to kind of see those little details, mm -hmm. which is neat. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also why I like about it. The behind-the-scenes mm -hmm. stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, real quick about, uh, real quick television note. Actually, a couple of notes. One, um, After Midnight, the Taylor Tomlinson yes. uh, late show uh, uh, premieres tonight. So we'll be able to Premier talk about last night. Did it was it last night? I thought on the Emmys they said the tomorrow night, or did they say that because it premiered after midnight? Prepared after midnight at twelve thirty. <laughs> God damn it! All right, my bad. So the first episode's up. I believe so. Yes, but we'll talk about that yeah, next we'll week. That I next recorded week. and I didn't yeah. get to it. I'll watch it. Too. Obviously, there's stuff going on today, but yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to uh, after midnight next week, where we'll have a full week under our belt to watch it. All right, cool. And then um, the other note that I wanted to briefly mention: we started today, but did not finish Hulu's Death and Other Details, okay. uh, which is a mystery show that I think I think you dig. It's got Mandy Patinkin in it, which Christy loves Mandy Patinkin. Mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah, we had to give it a shot. 
so far I'm not super impressed, but I'll talk about it more next week uh, once I give it another episode to gestate. Uh, but yeah, if you, it's a Knives Out-esque kind of okay. vibe is what it's going for. So maybe check it out. Alright, uh, but what I have been checking out still is uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, yeah. and The Edge of WWE yeah. is showing up. Yeah. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Honestly, I thought this most recent episode, this past week uh, episode, was really strong. I think yeah. um, I think he maybe came in um, season, or episode two was kind of weak. I think it's gotten a little better in the last couple mm-hmm. of episodes. So, uh, yeah, uh, still sticking with that. And yeah, I felt like episode about... one and episode two needed to establish a lot of lore right. and background. And now then, like, from three on now, it's rolling. Yep. It's rolling Once now, they so actually yeah, got on the road, it's, right. funny enough, started getting it rolling. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to Hades the next week, supposedly. So, uh, yeah, we're only we're only getting ramped up more up and more and more up. So we'll touch back on that once it wraps up. All right. But we are closing in on wrapping up this episode. So yes. let's move on, shall we? Let's move on to cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? As we just mentioned, Julia has been canceled after two seasons on Max. Uh, ABC has confirmed that the seventh season of The Good Doctor will be its last, so they will wrap up that show. As they probably should, because they just did the baby season, so yeah, one more season to go. That's all you got. That's all you got left. And then uh, in renewals, CBS against all odds, is bringing back the Drew Barrymore show for a fifth season, even after the controversy surrounding its uh, season after the strikes. You mean during the strikes? strikes, (laughs) yes. Yes. So, yeah. Let's move on to the one death this week. We have Bill Hayes, age 98. Singer, famous for singing the ballad of Davy Crockett. You can hear his voice in your head right now. And active in Days of Our Lives. Yes, it is that song, the ballad of Davy Crockett. Yes. That Bill Hayes. Might not know the name, but you definitely know that song. And if you don't know what we're talking about, ask your grandfather. Your grandfather will tell you about Davy Crockett. All right, let's move on. uh, Oh, God, is that true now? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yes. Yes, because Back to the Future, they made that joke. Yes. For 30 years. It's been 30 plus years. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, Ask a baby boomer. And they will tell you when they were children. Generation, 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 generation. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we have to move yes. on. As Mike yes. has a breakdown, let's move on to movies and let's move into the weekend box office numbers. All right, let's get some money. Your number one that movie this week, of course, was Mean Girls with a $28 million debut. Honestly, pretty low compared to what I thought that was going to make. Um, I mean, it is the musical version, so compared yeah, to other musicals, knows. then. Now everybody knows. Now everyone knows it's a musical, yes. <laughs> Number two, The Beekeeper with a $16 million debut. Number three, hanging on, Wonka, $8.4 million this week. That's at $176. That is a hit. I'm sorry oh. to deliver this information to you, but that was a hit. Is that going to hit $200? Yeah, but um, still, that's pretty good. Number four, mm-hmm. Anyone But You with $7.1 million. That's 55 total. And running at your top five, $6.2 million for Migration. That's at 85 It will not Guaranteed now, make it to 100. Yes, it will. And then in case you're wondering about the Book of Clarence, which also premiered this week, way down at number nine with $2.5 million. Yeah, watch Migration creep up to 100 and just... Somehow. Slowly, like somehow, they just keep it in theaters till it hits 100 and then they pull it? Yeah. We'll see. It's a big we'll see. Yep. 
New releases this week. We've got two for you. We have Founders Day. That's that murder. Uh, everyone's getting murdered on Founders Day. On Founders Day. Just like everyone's getting murdered on Groundhog's Day, and everyone's getting yep. murdered on New Year's Eve, and everyone's getting murdered for Thanksgiving, and everyone's getting murdered on Halloween, the one that started this trend. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, uh, Taylor Swift gets mur murdered in Valentine's Day, right? That's how it yes. happens in that movie? Yep. yep. Okay. Killed her acting career. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> That's good. That's good recovery. Um, and then ISS, which I'm guessing is about the ISS. Yes. Horror upon the International Space Station. Two horrors. Ah, that makes this sense. is sci-fi horror. Because it's January, everybody. Horror movies. Who would have yes. Thought? All right. Those are your new releases this week. Hey, speaking of horror movies. Let's talk about zombies. The zombies. Yes. The zombies. You've heard of 28 days later. You've heard of 28 weeks later. Well, now... 28 months, wait, no, 28 years later is and it has been announced. Well, you know, it has been long enough to where it probably will be 28 Almost years 20 by the time years. this actually comes out. No, not quite. However, Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, the director and writer of the 2002 movie 28 Days Later, are reuniting for 28 years later, a new zombie thriller that is expected to hit studios, streamers, and other potential buyers later this week. The package isn't just a simple modern sequel installment. The movie already had a follow-up, by the way, with 28 Weeks Later, released back in 2007. The duo were only involved as creative producers on that film, did not direct or write. Mm -hmm. Now, the hope is to launch a new trilogy. Boyle is attached to direct the first installment. Garland will write all three of them. The budget for each movie would be in the $75 million range. That's cheap for a lot of these stingy studios. That is so, $75 million per film, right, assuming right. they do the, um, what is it, the uh, Avatar, and just shoot yeah. these things back, back to, to back. back to back. Right, let's say Avatar. The Lord of the Rings, you have to Peter Jackson, right. the man who started this thing, you shoot them back yeah. to back to back. You call them 28 years later, part one, 28 years later, a fully part two, and right. 28 years <laughs> later, triple action, pump. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that, yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Are you excited for zombies in the 28 days later fashion? or? Uh, considering the 28 days later kind of kicked off and reinvigorated the whole zombie trend in film, right. it'd be interesting to see how they maybe, hopefully, uh, close it. But also, this could just do a, be another like step in that kind of franchise, yeah. uh, that kind of storytelling, be like, hey, we're going to pump some new life into this dead, yeah. trodden-out trope. Yeah. All the puns, indeed, in that sentence. <laughs> oh, just wait. Yeah, there'll be more, I'm sure. Yes. But hey, um, um, they're going to shop this around. Streamers, Netflix. Hey, $75 million for Netflix. What do you think? Huh, 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 huh? Not bad, honestly. Horror what movies. For three films, that's what? 21... Yeah. 22.5? 2.25 million? Hey! That's exactly one Spider-Man too. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, twenty-eight years later, uh, look forward to that once they make some sort of deal. Yep, and then they yep. obviously cast as Cillian Murphy from the first film to reprise his role because he's hot right now. He is hot right now. Uh, but we'll talk about. Uh, I believe we'll will we talk about Oscar nominations before next week? Don't they? Aren't they this week? Uh, well, Maybe I more looked more that week. up. I think we might need one more week, but while I look one that more. up, let's get, let's get going. Yeah, we have one more thing to do, which is talk about thoughts. Did you watch any movies? 
I did not. Uh, January twenty third. So, so yes, not next week. Next, yes, next week. Next Tuesday oh. morning, they will be yes. announced. So Tuesday night, we will be able to report on what those nominees are. So. Yes, we will have our Oscar nominees next week on Tuesday. Cool. Fresh out the oven, as we'll have exactly probably twelve hours to think about them. Right. So uh, on that wavelength. Hey, that's- next week's episode yes on that wavelength though so look forward to next week maybe i will st- uh, uh use those announcements to decide which movies i need to see because um i kind of saw two pathways in the forest this week either binge all of the bear or watch Fl- killers of the flower moon you see which one i chose so yes. i did not watch it yet so i'm tabling that until the nominations come out and i see kind of christy and i want to make like a schedule about like okay what and how do what do we want to see out of these and how are we going to see them and then have a plan of attack well see i'm playing nobody uh saves the world so that's <laughs> my time instead of watching because right. of the farm but we will get around to it right. and you can watch oppenheimer on peacock in one month from now february 16th okay but hey all right let's all right. talk about that in the future so let's kick yes. it off um by the way we no longer have to say uh find us on google podcast because they are shutting that down Oh, well, there you go. Good to know. Uh, but yes, as you're hinting at, that's it for the show. That's it for the Media Boat Podcast this week. So thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week for another episode, like I said, with those Oscar nominations talk. In the meantime, if you want to catch us in video form, you can go to YouTube, search Media Boat Podcast, find our channel there, and like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when new videos go live. You can also find us in audio form, as you mentioned, not on Google Play, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat Podcast. And hey, leave us a review. Tell us uh, somebody's out there listening to us. Give us five stars. Why not? Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on social media channels like Twitter, where we're at Media Boat Cast. Uh, you can find us on twitch.tv slash mediaboat, playing occasional video games, including Mike playing some Nobody Saves the World. You can find us on uh, mediaboatpodcast.com, which is our website where our archives go up. That's where you can see how wrong we were about the Emmys, as well as an archive of our shows every week. And then last but not least, you can email us if you have questions, comments, feedback about the show, anything at all. We'll read your questions on the air if you do so. Email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And there we go. That'll do it. Yep. Episode in the can. We'll be back next week with Oscar predictions. We got the Emmys. Now the next, the next, the Super Bowl, if you will, sure. of the award season. Yes. Um, the Oscars. But before we get to the Oscars, we do have the Grammys in February to get to, but we will get there along with other episodes next time. Thank you all for tuning yes. in. Thank you, and we'll be back next time. Yep, we'll be back with more news, more thoughts, and more of us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.